saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of works, cordless power tools, and lawn equipment. Plus, the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Happy New Year. Welcome to another edition of At The Turn. I'm Joe. Nick joins us from the other side of the United States of America. Nick, how is Boston? Are you in Boston? Where, uh, where are you? No, no? I'm in uh, East Windsor, Connecticut, uh. live from my in-laws' spare bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Made the move out yeah, to well, tell us about New England, it. Connecticut. Uh, yeah, took a job at a at a school out in southern Massachusetts, so uh, in uh, just north of Springfield. So we're staying at my wife's parents' house right now, which is in uh, in Connecticut, just across the border. But uh, yeah, so we made a made a big move over the holidays. Yeah. Okay. So I saw on Twitter that you and your wife drove from Texas to Connecticut. Why wouldn't you just take a plane from Hawaii to Connecticut? Oh boy, what a good question, Joe. I'll try <laughs> to keep this story short because the, the the plan was to fly. We had a plane ticket from Honolulu to LAX, LAX to Boston. Um, and when I booked the reservation, the guy made sure that it was an aircraft that could accommodate our dogs. We have two dogs and a cat, and the dogs are large enough where they're in the largest size kennel that can go on a plane. But not every aircraft, like a 737, for example, cannot fit these size crates. So the guy said, well, you can't have the itinerary that you are asking about because one of the flights is a 737, but you can have this other one, which is basically the same. So we said, okay, great, let's book it. So we booked it. But we show up at the airport two weeks later, and they say, oh, no, your flight from L.A. to Boston is a 737. Your dogs aren't going to fit. Oh, no. So we can't get you there. So we said, well, 
did you change the plane? They said, yeah, we changed the plane. We didn't let you know. Like, you know, at this point, we've moved out of our apartment. We've got rid of our car. We, it's me and my wife, two dogs in these large crates, a cat in a crate, and eight suitcases <laughs> that weigh 50 pounds each. And we're like, what are we going to do? And they're like, you, you can come back tomorrow and put, try to shove your dog into a smaller crate. And we're like, well, we can't do that because then you're going to say, well, there's regulations on how much they have to move around, all this stuff. Anyways, after like an hour and a half of them trying to book us on any airline, on any flight, anywhere in the East Coast, they said, the farthest we can get you is Dallas. And so we got on a plane. You know, we went Hawaii to L.A., L.A. to Dallas, rented a massive GMC SUV where we could fit all of our stuff and made the drive on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day from Dallas to just outside of Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is do you want to say what airline that was? Um yeah, it was American Airline. And, Go pound uh, sand American. What? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. Um uh, so it was a 25-hour drive and it was $750 between the the rental for the vehicle and the gas to fuel the vehicle to drive that far. And so we we sent like a comment to American Airlines like, "Hey, would you mind reimbursing us for this out-of-pocket expense? Yeah. Like, we feel you should be responsible for getting us to our destination. And although you couldn't, like, this is what it cost. And they wrote back and offered us a $50 e-voucher to oh. fly out of their airline again. And I'm like, are you, like, it was just insulted. Like, we miss Christmas. We spend almost a 1000 extra dollars. We drive for 25 hours through the holidays. And you want to throw us a $50 e-voucher out of Goodwill? Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, anyways, we made it safe. We're here. All the animals are safe. They all fit. We all we made it work. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Wow. Uh, well, <laughs> you had a more eventful week than Tiger Woods, who did have kind of an eventful week. We're going to kick off the show. Uh, first of all, I'm glad you made it. Congrats on the new gig. But we're going to kick you. off this show with a little Tiger talk. Um, Tiger Woods decided that the best swing coach for Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods. Uh, looks like about, oh, about 10 days ago from when we're posting this, he parted ways with swing coach Chris Como, uh, who had been his swing coach for a little while, and he said that he is going to be his own swing coach. And I'm surprised this didn't happen a long time ago. It makes a lot of sense that Tiger Woods doesn't need a swing coach. I mean, he's the best golfer in history. He knows his swing better than anyone else knows his swing. And if it's any indication how he played about a month ago at the Hero World Challenge, Tiger's got things a little bit figured out. So I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm, I'm very happy Tiger's going in this direction finally. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I trust Tiger to make reasonable decisions about his golf game because he is his own golf business. Um, it's it's surprising, but it's not surprising because this is kind of the trend that Tiger. This is what Tiger does in December as he fires. His swing coach, <laughs> and then January he, you know, whatever he'll go to Dubai and hurt his back or whatever, and he'll come back for the Masters, and then whatever. I mean, like it's kind of seems like this trend that he's been following. So, like in that regard, I don't know. I, I mean, I trust him to know how to swing a golf club the way that his body will allow him to swing a golf club. Um, he was doing well, and I don't know if he thinks that he was doing well. Obviously, he thinks he was doing well in spite of you know, his swing coach or that he didn't need a swing coach to, to get him where he was because it's not like his swing was in shambles and he was saying, you're hurting me, not helping me. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see. But yes, yeah, it's kind of a ta- it's it's a very Tiger thing to do, and um, obviously we're huge fans of Tiger. We want to see him win every major. So I hope it works out. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I I just hope we get into the meat of the golf season, seeing Tiger Woods on the course. I just want to get to April. I want to get to June. I want to see him play the majors. And if this is what he feels like he has to do to do that, then I trust in Tiger just like you do. Um, well, we have we have plenty to get to coming up on the program today. Uh, Nick came up with a fun concept for Would You Rather. It involves weather. We're going to talk a little bit about golf resolutions, maybe some things that will happen on the golf course in 2018. Um, but coming up in just a minute, we have a fun chat with Andrew Alamey. He is the he's he's an assistant pro at TPC Boston, Nick. That's correct. Yeah, so he tells us how to keep our swings sharp in the off season and what aspect of our games that we should be working on the most. And he had some interesting comments about having a swing coach, sort of the mentality behind that, what kind of players should have coaches and what players should not. I thought it was a really interesting chat. Um, so we're going to get to that right after this. Well, I don't know about everybody else, but my Christmas shopping was pretty easy this year. I gave the gift of vice golf. I gave golf balls to my brother, gave him the Pro Plus. Uh, He was a little confused about why I was giving him vice golf balls. And fortunately, my lovely sister-in-law informed him that they are the sponsor of the At The Turn podcast. We love vice golf. Yeah, I know. I know. My brother didn't know. The Vice Golf Association, so. Oh, my goodness. I know. It was pretty tough. But I'm rocking the Vice lid today. I love my Vice Golf hat. It, it ups my cool factor from zero to, like, two, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, get yourself some Vice Golf Balls. They're German-engineered. They're comparable to Pro V1s. I think they're better than Pro V1s. I feel better standing over a Vice Golf Ball. I feel like they make me a better person. Use promo code TURN. That's promo code TURN. When you're checking out, you get free shipping anywhere in the United States. Yay, Vice Golf! I'd like to welcome our guest today, an old buddy of mine, and uh, currently the assistant pro at TPC Boston, Andrew Alamey. And Andrew, um, as you know, and as our guests probably know, I just made the move from Hawaii, where I can play golf 12 months a year, to Massachusetts slash Connecticut, where I can play golf only a select few months out of the year. Um, and Andrew, Joe, and I were talking earlier um, about staying sharp over the winter. And this is something that I'm going to have to worry about now is when you come back to start golfing in April or March or whenever the, the snow melts, um, you know, you can get a little bit rusty. So the first thing we want to ask you is what can you do over the winter, you know, in the in the indoors, warm, climate-controlled areas to help you keep your game sharp over the winter months? Yeah, definitely. No, that's, that's really important, keeping your game sharp. And I think everyone who lives in the Northeast or Northwest or pretty much anywhere but Hawaii knows that uh, the game definitely gets rusty over the winter. But, yeah, for me, uh, it's definitely focused on the short game in the wintertime. You know, ball striking comes and goes, and that's kind of what the summer is for, to be on the range. But if people can, I mean, all year around, uh, spend more time chipping, putting, that's uh, definitely one of the big things. And even when we have uh, tour professionals out at TPC Boston, I mean, they'll probably spend – 75% 75% of their time on the putting and chipping green and the other the other quarter just hitting balls. Andrew, is there a specific drill that I can do? I have, like, not much space in my house, basically, to where I could do anything golf-related. But the one thing that always is 
the thing that goes away the fastest and takes the longest to come back is chipping. Like, I get around the greens and I feel like I don't know what to do. Like, I'm going to flub it or skull it. So is there something that I can do that's really easy that doesn't take up a lot of space that can keep my chipping somewhat sharp during the offseason? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, a lot of a lot of amateurs, they they focus on the wrong things when they're chipping. And even if you have a, a small amount of space, I mean, if you can just focus on that impact um, when you're chipping it, that's what a lot of people, they're not getting that speed. So if you just get, you know, your 60-degree wedge, you have five five feet of, of carpet, get a little whistle ball, and you can just bang them into the couch. And it's a great way to practice your impact, practice spin. You can play around with different locks, different cut shots, and, you get one of those little whistle balls, you can do a lot, a lot of stuff in a little bit of space. Awesome. You know, I um, even when I was in Hawaii, I remember I went and played one day, and I hadn't played in like a few months or maybe two months because I was just busy with work and stuff. And I went and played this course and shot like some ridiculously horrendous number. And, and most of it was from around the greens. And I was like so mad at myself. And I went home and bought a 12-pack of beer, and I had a soft foam ball, and I just – I was like, I'm gonna chip this a thousand times into this laundry basket across the living room, and then go play tomorrow. And I bet I can cut ten strokes off. And I did that. I drank that beer. I chipped those balls, and I had a little putting mat, and I hit like I don't know 500 putts, and went back and shot like 13 strokes better the next day. Yeah, isn't it unbelievable how that works? Well, I mean, that's how Bubba Watson got to be as creative as he is. Is he didn't ever have a teacher, which you obviously I don't recommend to everybody. But the way he did it was. Yeah, little whistle balls around his house, learned how to cut them, slice them, flop them, bump them, pretty much do everything he could. So it's kind of the little things. And, yeah, like I said, I mean, you're gonna, some days you're going to hit the fairway, some days you're not. But you're never going to hit 18 greens and, and make every 40-footer. So it's definitely, definitely paramount to focus on the short game. But, yeah, I mean, I so we have a simulator at CPC Boston. And, and last year I spent a lot of time changing my swing. And really – it didn't do a whole lot because, I mean, just banging drivers into a net, it really doesn't do that much, at least for me personally as a, as a field player. So, yeah, I mean, it's important just to do short game because I, I, I personally, I can hit a five iron well on a simulator all day and it really is irrelevant to me. But if I can see a, the ball go in the cup from five feet every time, that's a lot more of a confidence boost. Yeah, Andrew, you bring up a good point because I consider myself to be a field player as well. Um, so that being said, Am I going to get a lot of benefit from trying to work on the full swing uh, when I'm doing it at a range, when it's cold, and it's not really going to mimic the conditions that I'm going to face like during the middle of the summer? I just I don't feel like mentally I'm getting a big benefit from hitting golf balls when it's 35 degrees off a mat with dead golf balls to a target I'm not really trying to hit. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's not, it's not consistent of, of what you're going to see on the golf course, just like you said. And, yeah, it just doesn't give you the confidence you need, I, I think, anyway. And, yeah, if people can you know, find – I think my, my cousin, off topic, just got an indoor putting green, one of those birdie ball ones, I, I believe. It's, the thing is unbelievable. It rolls like a championship green, and I you know, think, think he paid a couple hundred dollars for it. Obviously, not everyone's going to do that. But there are options if, for people who take the game to that, that extra level to do something like that. That's awesome. So you're saying like an indoor – Golf practice, like winter facility, would be better off to have something you can chip and putt than something you can take full swings on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have my putter in my hands in my hotel room, and I have my golf bag, and I, I've been rolling balls all morning. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, even, even when I was back in uh, 
back in Idaho going to school and when Nick and I worked together for a little bit, I set up a, a, a couch pillow chipping green and I would spend hours just chipping and putting and because I, I don't hit the ball very far or very well. So I, I definitely am a, a proponent of teaching the short game first before anything else, honestly. That's awesome. Um, going to change gears just a little bit here. Um, I, first of all, I have to admit that at the turn is now my second favorite podcast because Gino Ariema, the legendary women's basketball coach at UConn, started a podcast called Holding Court. And I think it's because he gave up his salary because people were complaining he got paid too much. So he said, I'm not going to take any state salary. So now he does this podcast and he has like all these sponsors and gets money for that. Anyways, he gets A-list guests on his podcast. And he was talking to Charles Barkley. And Barkley was talking about he used to be a really good golfer. And I don't know what really good is, but he used to be a serviceable golfer before he, you know, has this god-awful swing. And he was saying what led to his demise was he was taking too many different lessons from different people, getting too many different tips, too many conflicting theories on the swing, and it just all bulged up in his head and he couldn't make any sense of it. And now he just basically can't make a swing. And on a much smaller scale, I've kind of experienced that where I got into the game, you know, in my 20s and didn't take lessons for a year or two. And then I took a few lessons from a few different teachers and it, it helped. It helped, but it, I never felt like I've had a good, consistent swing for more than like two or three months at a time where I can strike the ball and I'm doing what I want to do and I'm doing it intentionally. Um, and now I feel like ball striking is the absolute worst part of my game. It's inconsistent. It's all over the place. I just can't hit the center of the club a lot of times. Um, so what, I mean, I feel like I, I, that's part of the reason is I've had so many different theories and kind of ideas of what I'm trying to do. What would you suggest for somebody like me? Should I just ditch lessons? Should I stick with one person for an extended period of time? Um, what would you suggest for somebody like me who wants to actually improve and be able to shoot scores in the 80s and 70s consistently? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think that for trying to get that next level, I think a lot of people, especially golf fanatics like us, get caught up watching these guys with their perfect swings and how people analyze them and everything. And, I mean, outside of the, I'm teaching someone a, a scratch or better, I don't think I could ever repeat one word that they say on the, you know, Conoco, Minolta, BizHub, Swing Vision thing. So that's kind of where <laughs> we guys, we guys get in trouble is we think too much, we look at angles and open space, and it's really, at least the way I teach it, it's, you know, it's, it's very simple. You get a good, strong grip, you take it back straight and far, and everything just everything else kind of falls in place. So, I mean, for someone that can play golf, like Nick and yourself, you guys can get around the course pretty well. You're not doing anything far off from, you know, shooting consistently in the 70s. It's just finding two or three things that you can take on the golf course hopefully less, maybe zero or one, you're just swinging the golf club at that point is, is ideal. But, yeah, I mean, I if I go on the golf course with more than two swing thoughts, it's, you know, trouble for me. So uh, I think it's definitely important, though, to, to see a PGA professional because they definitely get you in the, uh, the, right, the right trap on what you should be practicing, how long you should be practicing. And, uh, I mean, I, I obviously, golf junkies like us, it's, it's interesting to see how – how people are unaware of a lot of just basic golf things. I mean, grip, stance, just a lot of things. So, no, definitely, definitely see a coach. I, I would recommend finding one and sticking with them forever. Uh, not forever, but at least a, a long period of time. 
And that's kind of how you find a consistency. I don't think, I mean, Tiger's a good example of switching. It hasn't really worked. Luke <laughs> Dong is another good example. But, yeah, for guys like us who want to shoot just, you know, mid-70s, you know, 80s once in a while, just get around and, and play well, I definitely would recommend seeing a teacher. But don't let them get in your head. Don't let them bring out a track man. Don't let them do things like that unless you really want to see it. Because it, the simpler it is, the easier it's going to be uh, for people to play. Yeah, Andrew, awesome. that was going to kind of be uh, a follow-up. Um I haven't had like a traditional golf lesson and probably since I was a senior in high school, which is like 15 years ago now. And I play somewhere between like, I don't know, a six and an 11 in somewhere in there. And I'm almost afraid to get a golf lesson because I have kind of my swing the way I want it. Like I'm pretty happy being someone who can shoot somewhere between, I don't know, 75 and 85. Like, I'm okay with not getting to like that next level and grinding and putting in the work. So for someone in a position like me, uh, folks that are hovering around that single digit handicap, maybe fluctuate between single and 10 to 12. Like, is there a reason to get a lesson if you're just kind of happy with where you're at? Yeah, no, I I think you should absolutely get a lesson at the point you're at because you've probably developed as good of a player as you are and, you know, you're content with the scores you're shooting. You probably developed a couple of small bad habits, and, and you see that every day. If people take a, a month off from a lesson. They, they're doing something that they would never think. Uh, and then, I mean, it, it can be a, a one-inch tweak on your on your takeaway, and anything it will feel like a, a foreign object in your hand. But at the end of the day, you're going to hit the ball better and, and definitely get to that next level because it's – I mean, shooting 75 is fun, but shooting 70 is a lot funner. So I think – I definitely recommend seeing a PGA professional or really any golf professional. and they, they, they really teach you how to practice is one of the main things and give you a few ideas to go to the golf course with. But, no, I definitely think you should get, keep getting lessons, but just focus on the few things, you know, grit, posture, alignment, nothing, nothing crazy. Don't watch DJs, you know, wrist bow and all that stuff. Just, you know, swing the club is really my, my, main, my main objective. All right, Andrew, we want to thank you for your time. And uh, as we let you go, I just got one more question. You're you're working at a pretty prestigious course. It's a PGA Tour stop. You're in Boston. There's a lot of, um, you know, it's a, it's a major city here. You, you ever see any, like, uh, who's the best, like, celebrity who comes? They're not, like, celebrity golfer, but do you ever get, like, Brady or, like, any, like, big local people or wal- waltzing through your course on a regular basis? No, I don't often see, I mean, those caliber guys, they like to – be more at the area where no one knows where they are and no one can see them. Um, and obviously at a PGA Tour facility, there's a lot going on and a lot of moving parts. So, um, yeah, there's I mean, there's a, the Xfinity Center, which is an amphitheater. You're right across the street, so um, a lot of musicians have, have come and you know, played the course. But, um, yeah, I mean, for me, the biggest celebrities are the, are the Rory's and the Jason Days. So, no, outside of, outside of those guys, no one that's going to completely blow your mind, unfortunately. Yeah. Any of the tour guys play there on a regular basis over the summer, like make it their uh, their main, you know, facility? Uh, yeah, Spencer Levine uh, spends a lot of time out there. He's a great guy. He's a really good player. Uh, that guy can that guy can hit the ball and putt it really well. And yeah, I mean, he gosh, he almost won at Quicken Loans last year. Isn't he the really? Yeah, he, sorry to cut you off, Andrew. Isn't Spencer Levine? Isn't he the really jittery guy who like talks to the ball a lot? It's really animated out there. Oh yeah, but he's the kindest guy, nicest guy in the world. I mean, I don't. I think that's just a reflection of how passionate he is about playing good golf. But no, Spencer sure. Levine's a, an awesome guy. I uh, got a few Champions Tour guys, and I mean, w- watching them practice is 
it's just a different game when you see them practice, how consistent they are, the way they go about it. And, yeah, that's another reason I'm a big proponent of getting lessons is because these guys know how to practice. You know, they're efficient with their time. I mean, yes, they spend a lot of time out there, but they're very efficient with it. They don't, they're not wasting time. They're not just being in balls. They have routines. They have drills. And, yeah, that's kind of why, you know, you should get a teacher and then keep going. But, yeah, those those guys are incredible watching 100 of them on the range. And, I mean, it's a, such a small margin for error. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. That's awesome. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for your time. Maybe we'll talk to you again soon. And uh, you and I will definitely meet up on the link as soon as the snow is gone. Yeah, thanks again, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. And, yeah, we'll definitely play golf pretty soon. Joe, about a year ago, you convinced me that I needed to participate in fantasy golf. Did you not? I did. I did. And it wasn't a it wasn't a hard argument. I actually um, was was interested in in you know participating, joining, doing that kind of being in that world, if you will. But I've never been a fantasy guy. Like I did one fantasy football league, and I. It was like I, I randomly got the first pick in the draft, and I think it was like Adrian Peterson's best year, and I got Adrian Peterson and Tom Brady, and like won the league without really doing anything because they auto drafted for me, and I, you know, like I literally didn't do anything because I'm just not the kind of person who watches it and follows it, and like somebody gets hurt, and then I instantly go on my smartphone and update my roster, and like I'm scouring the waiver wire every midnight, you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, yeah. I'm doing some writing for golf. I'm doing this golf podcast. I want to like, you know, really dive deep into this. So fantasy golf, like what better way to learn more about these players and different courses and conditions and whatever. So I did fantasy golf and for like three or four weeks, man, I was all over it. And then for like three or four more weeks, I was like, oh, it's Wednesday. Better set my roster. And then for the following 10 months, I don't even know if I logged in once. (laughs) (laughs) I for sure finished last in this league. I was that guy who never updated his roster. Everybody just collects the money from because I, whatever, like certainly no threat to win it. Didn't do anything. So I I, got to kind of like take a step back. The fantasy golf, fantasy, anything's not for me. Fantasy golf, I just I just couldn't get addicted to it. But are you, I mean, you do it. Are you, like, do you live by this? I'm kind of over it. I really liked it the first year I did it, mostly because the people in my office, I, I was working radio full-time back then, and the people in my office were super into it. There was, like, five of us that all worked the same shift, and we would, you know, talk smack to each other, and it'd be really fun. And then after I left the radio business full-time and I was doing it on my own, it wasn't as fun, and I started doing badly, and do, and I, I guess I just didn't really care that much anymore. Um, it's fine. The problem with fantasy sports outside of football is there's too much of a commitment. Like, fantasy football, you have to pay attention 16 days a year. That's all you have to do is 16 uh, days. That's not true anymore. Well, what do you mean? Uh, Monday and Thursday and Sunday games and like well, I don't know. I mean, I mean from the perspective of actually having to go in and set your lineup and worry about okay, this player oh, okay. does this Once and this player week. does that. I yeah, I, I hop in on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. 
make sure my lineup is set, and I don't really think about it the rest of the time. But for golf, you have to go in literally every day and say, oh, gosh, this person missed the cut. I have to go in Friday night. I have to change my lineup accordingly. It's a lot of work. And, you know, we're really yeah. playing for, Especially like, 60 Friday bucks. Night. Like, on a Friday night in July, yeah. who's worried about their fantasy golf lineup? <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, if you are, take a long look in the mirror. Like, fantasy sports are fun, <laughs> but they're not that much fun. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm off fantasy golf, and I don't know if you saw. The guy who runs our fantasy league, it's funny you brought this up, he actually sent an email basically saying Yahoo is canceling fantasy golf, and <laughs> I'm out as the commish. Yeah. I'm no longer going to be the commish. Here's this long list of people who never paid me all year. I know. Send your That's money the only in. Thing I saw the long list of people who never paid him. I'm like, I didn't even know our league was this big, but like. Did you pay? Uh, I paid. Good man, you me too. before you play. Like, don't let him in the league if you're not going to pay. Cause, like, I totally agree. I guarantee you out of that long list. Maybe one or two people will pay, and the rest are going to be like, I didn't win. Why am I going to pay? I didn't even enjoy it. I didn't like it. It was fantasy golf. I, I'm not paying. No, uh, totally. As a matter of fact, uh, I'd be th- this is... if I won and dedicated all those Friday nights in June oh. and July to fantasy golf and not rather get the than money? socialize with my friends, and then half the league didn't pay. Dude, so, okay, a real quick tangent. Yahoo Fantasy Football you can pay through the website, right? So you can force everyone to pay prior to the draft or the league gets canceled. So everyone in this one league paid. It was a radio crew, friends from old radio. Everyone in the league paid except one person, and he's pretty high up in the company. (laughs) So literally the league was canceled, and all the money was returned to the people who paid it, and he finished like dead last in the league too. So he he begged to be in the league and basically ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. They can't just say, like, if you didn't pay, you just don't get to be part of the league? No. Yeah, the Yahoo stance is basically if you don't pay, if everyone doesn't pay, then no one gets to play. Oh, that's Punishes terrible. everybody. be like, you want to play, you pay. And the people who pay, play. Yeah, I mean— okay. I, I think pay and play way too many times in this segment. We gotta move on. Yeah, I think the the big takeaway is that fantasy sports really are overrated and stupid. Um, that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Nick, just play real golf. One more thing. I'm sorry. No, I'm not done with this. Go ahead, Nick, more go ahead. Fantasy football. You can't go out and play football every Saturday and Sunday, right? So it's like your outlet for football. But like, if I'm <laughs> I'm gonna play golf. I can just go play golf. Right. Wait, what? If I'm not going to play golf, I'm going to watch golf. <laughs> so like, fantasy golf is like number three on my like golf outlet. I, I don't think I don't think fantasy sports are a substitute for people actually playing the sports, Nick. Well, it's like if you're if you're like a football junkie, you know, you love football, and you want to get involved. But like golf, you can just play it. But like you can't just go play football like with you and 20 or one of your most athletic buddies. <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying. Like. Out of all the sports that you can, like, still participate in and play, golf is the one that you can do the longest in your life, so why do you have to do a fantasy version of it? Right. You don't need to get that outlet. Right. Anyway, I didn't know we were going to talk about fantasy sports at all on the show, and now it's eaten up almost 10 minutes. So There's going to be a spinoff podcast called (laughs) Nick and Joe's Fantasy Land. Hot Fantasy Talk. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you came up with a really good Would You Rather, so why why don't you go ahead and bring it in? Well, Joe, this was inspired by my move from Hawaii to Connecticut. Would you rather play golf in 40 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius, which for those of you um, who don't understand, that's 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, And I came up with that number because obviously I've spent most of my life, I lived in Idaho growing up, uh, 
So 40 degrees was always my cutoff for golf. It was If it was 40 degrees and it was December and I had time to go get around to golf in, I was going to do it if it was 40 degrees or warmer. Um, so, yeah, I'll let you answer first. So at Christmas time, my family came up with a game where you have to come up with two lies about yourself. Excuse me, two truths about yourself and one lie. So everyone went around the table and they said three things, two of which were true, one of which was a lie. And one of the things that I said, which was true, is that I would rather play golf in very hot weather as opposed to very cold weather. And everyone at the table was like, oh, no, Joe, that's not true. You hate being hot. You hate when you're too hot. That's true. However, when you're out there on the golf course and you already know, like when you when you walk out of the car and you start dripping sweat already, it's not like you're ever going to be comfortable during that round. <laughs> and the golf course is going to be completely empty. Like we, we did a pot over the summer where me and my buddies went out and played super early because it was going to be like 100 degrees that day. We had squirt guns out there. It was one of the most fun rounds I had all year, and I think it topped out pretty close to 100 degrees. So even though I will play golf in both of these conditions, if I had a choice, I'd rather be way too hot than way too cold every time. Wow. Okay. Um, Surprise you? for me, first, a little bit, yeah. Uh, Well, Some of the same arguments I can make for mine. So first of all, I want to preface this. This is for me, like, choosing between eating pizza or calzone. Like, they're both delicious. (laughs) I'm I love both of them. They're both golf, like not complaining either way. Um, I would say 40 degrees Fahrenheit because, first of all, in this situation, it's like December or January or February, and I haven't played in a long time. And I'm, If I'm playing in 40-degree weather, I'm really itching to go. So, like, I'm stoked no matter what, right? Um, and also – the course is going to be empty. Like I've never played in 40 degree weather in a packed course and been waiting on every tee box. Like it's one of those where you can play basically walk the course in three hours or drive the course in three hours and get a good quick round in. Um, and also like if you wear, like I just wear like a, a long sleeve shirt, a light jacket, a beanie and like those gloves, weird gloves on both hands and then like some whatever pants, like track pants or whatever. I've never been cold playing golf in 40 degree weather. Because uh, you're out there moving around, like you're you're bundled up pretty good, so it's all good. Um, and like I said, I think the biggest thing is like the itch to golf, because that might be your only chance in like a three or four month period. Whereas if it's 104 degrees, chances are pretty good it's going to be like I don't know 90 within three or four days. You can just go play, you know, a couple of days later, or you've been playing like six out of the last seven days, anyways, and you need a day off, anyways. Now wait a minute. When you talk about playing in 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. That's when there's no precipitation, right? Yeah, I mean it's not like 40 degrees and like pouring rain. I mean if there's a sprinkle, there's a sprinkle, you know. Your answer really surprises me, Nick. I I thought Does you it? were yeah, I I thought you were gonna go for the hot weather as well. Nah, hot weather, you know, you get the sunburn and like you're just kind of you're kind of like aggravated. I feel like. Oh, I see. You just, like you said, you walk out, you're all sweaty. I don't usually use a cart, so I'm frying out there in the sun. I do usually bring sunscreen, Mom, so I don't want to hear about it. But, <laughs> but you know, sunscreen only goes so far, and, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't mind it. Like I said, I'll do it. It's it's like choosing between pizza and calzone. I love them both. But, um, yeah, I would choose 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, the, the one point you made that I thought was really good, if you're playing in a 40-degree weather, it's probably during the off season, and you really have the itch, so you're really excited to go. 
when you go when it's that hot, you're probably thinking, do I really want to do this? Like, exactly. because you're definitely in the midst of golf season. It's like the hottest time of the year. You're like, okay, okay, I have the sunscreen, I have the frozen water bottles. Um, both are an adventure in completely different ways. And you're right, it's definitely like choosing between two really good food options. The worst option is still a really good option. So right. they're both really and good. Think of it this way. If you shoot like five strokes worse than your target score in the middle of December or the middle of July, which one are you more happy with? Certainly December because you haven't been playing. You're like, <laughs> you don't care what your score yeah, is. Yeah, wow, I shot I mean, an 84 care. in December? But, yeah, you might shoot a good, like a decent score and be like, oh, I was just relaxed. There was no pressure. I was just out there swinging the club. Totally. Just trying to hit the ball. Lo and behold, I, you know, hit eight greens and rolled in a few birdies and shot a really good score. Like, whoa, that was sweet. So I'm going to try this segue. Wearing sunscreen on the golf course is something I definitely want to do more of in 2018. We're going to talk about some New Year's resolutions on the course. So, Nick, besides that one, another one that jumps to mind, I think we talked about this as one of the big pet peeves earlier in this year. I'm going to fix more divots in the fairway. I'm really, really bad about not necessarily replacing a divot, but you know when you take a divot in the fairway and it kind of chunks everywhere, and if you have a cart, you have that sand <laughs> stuff that you can pour in it? Like, I yeah. never, I, for some reason, it never occurs to me to do that. It's such an easy thing to do, and I never do it. So sunscreen, fixing more divots are two of my New Year's resolutions. What do you have? Um, well, it kind of goes back to the conversation we had with Andrew, which I thought was a really good conversation. Just practice more. Like, just practice more. And I think um, I worry too much about my swing. I just want to go, like, I feel like I can control, if I practice a ton, I'm like, chipping and putting, then like whatever swing I have that day will be good enough to shoot a decent score. So just practice, practice as much as possible. Like the summer it's tempting to just go like, Oh, I've, I've got four hours right now. I can just go squeeze in 18 as fast as possible. But I want to spend like more percentage time practicing less time playing, um, and get more quality rounds in. So I think practicing the chipping and the putting Developing a swing that can be somewhat consistent and just playing better golf rather than just trying to play as many rounds as possible. So be more constructive with your golf. It's going to yeah. be quality, not quantity in 2018 for you. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm looking for. I also, one thing I want to do, I consider myself to play pretty quick most of the time. I don't know. You, you've played a lot of golf with me. Am, am I, do, I, do, I, do I play slow? Be honest. No, you don't play slow, no. I want to play fast, though. I want people to say, you know what's great about playing with Joe? He plays fast. He gets over the ball. He hits it. And I find that when I do that, I play better. And so coming up this year, I'm going to resolve to play faster. Play just basically when it's my turn to hit, just take one like half practice swing behind the ball, get up there and let her rip and just see what happens. I'm going to try it out for a few months and uh, and see if it helps. So Fix divots, yeah. sunscreen, play faster. Good luck with that. And that kind of leads, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease a future at the turn topic. Oh, please. I, sometime in 2018, I'm going to play some speed golf. I'm going to play some speed golf, and you better believe we're going to do a podcast about it. Yes. So uh, for those of you who don't know, we've talked about it once or twice before, but that's where you literally hit your first tee shot, start your stopwatch, and just run. You just run and play 18 holes until you're done and you add your time 
in hours and minutes to your score, and that's your speed golf score. Um, so I want to do that sometime in 2018, speaking of playing faster, but that's just a tease. There's a lot that goes into it. We'll talk about it later once I can actually get everything in order, get my speed golf tee time, participate in my speed golf round, and then uh, break it down and evaluate it. So I'm excited for that for sometime in 2018. If you do that anywhere near me, I want to be in the gallery and, and just watch you do that. Can, Ash, can Ashley and I just drink a beer and just watch you do that one, one morning? Yeah, you can just roll <laughs> roll through on a cart. Um, <laughs> sounds for like sure. so much fun. Joe, the, the one thing, one I should say, one of the things about this job that I'm just about to start, I have all of June and July off. I'm what? essentially like a teacher who doesn't teach. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I have June and July off, so you better believe there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of at the turn topics going on in the summer. <laughs> I'm very excited uh, for that. In a road trip out to uh, to the Corner Club Open in 2018. So, are you really going to drive out to Idaho for that? I am. Yeah. Wow. I like that you're. All- I'm, you're I'm going to a wedding in Seattle. Like it's like a few weeks later. Oh, and right I'm like, on. well, if I if I'm going to be out there for a while, I might as well have a car. I might as well like see the country in the meantime. So yeah, I'm, I'm planning on road tripping for about like maybe four to six weeks in the summer. Out yeah, dude, west. zip down to Portland too. We got some golf courses down here. Another thing I want to do or off topic before we wrap up, <laughs> I want to, on this road trip, uh, uh, be a caddy on the McKenzie tour, the Canadian tour, because they, <laughs> they like solicit caddies. Oh, How my gosh. Be to go caddy on the Canadian tour that's on this a, epic summer road trip. That's a great idea. Also, in, 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 uh, in 2018, um, well, it's obviously going to happen, but I was sitting around watching some college football yesterday, and it was on ESPN, and and what came on my television was a Masters commercial. It was I was so excited. I literally almost knocked my water over that I was drinking. <laughs> like, what's what's happening here? And uh, it just said at the end, coming in April. And I I was very excited. So that is also coming to 2018. Hopefully, a Tiger in the field Masters. That would be that would be amazing. So, um, anything else for? We'll wrap it up the first year of at the turn, Nick. Do you have anything else you want to yeah. say? Yeah, no, it's been it's been. Uh... Been great. I think this was a good, this was a good app. <laughs> it was a good app. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll start doing these. I don't know. Should we start doing them every couple of weeks now that we're uh, the the Hawaii swing is here and look the golf season is uh, it's kind of here, right? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, I wish look for twice twice a month. Okay, for a little while. That's right. So yeah, if you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Get it on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. It's on Stitcher, still the future of podcasting. We're very excited about that. Uh, <laughs> buy some Vice Golf Balls, for goodness sakes. If you want to get your season rolling early, you want to play some winter golf, what better way to do it than with Vice Golf? Use promo code TURN. When you're checking out, you're going to get free shipping. Uh, thanks for listening this year. Thank you to uh, both of our significant others for allowing us to take <laughs> take valuable time away to uh, record this. And, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. We, we really appreciate your support. All right. Happy New Year's, Joe, and and all the listeners. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time 